In addition to taking care of one another inside the church, what if we developed a lifestyle of taking care of the most needy outside the walls of the church? How would that change the community and our city? Bob Moffitt, president and founder of Harvest Foundation in Phoenix, Arizona, talks with pastors and leaders as they share their testimonials about how sacrificial love by those in the church to those in need outside the church has helped people see and embrace Jesus Christ. It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories. Welcome, everybody, to The Kingdom and Its Stories. On Monday afternoon at 5.30, we're glad to have you with us. And uh, this uh, this afternoon, we have the privilege of, of uh, being with a friend of mine for a number of years. His name is Madan Shah. And he's in Nepal. He's a Nepalese. He comes from a Hindu background. And um, and he has an incredible story of how God met him uh, when he was on a journey from Nepal to the U.S. But Don, share with us. Well, first of all, welcome. Welcome to the program. And secondly... Thank you, sir. Secondly, share with us, how was it that the Lord Jesus brought you to himself? So 15 years ago, I was planning to go U.S. On the way to U.S., I went to China, Hong Kong, then Philippines. While I was in Philippines, you know, uh, I encountered with some trouble there. So at that moment, I met one Nepali brother in Manila. So uh, he helped me to come out from that issue, especially coordinating with my family. So I grew up in very strong Hindu family. When I was growing in my family, they used to teach us that Christianity is for lower caste people, poor people. So this is foreign religion. So I was grown up kind of very anti-Christian environment, strong Hindu family. So. I used to, you know, persecute Christian in college. So I used to give a lot of trouble to Christian. So when I was uh, in Manila, when this uh, uh, Nepali brother helped me on that situation, he did not told me about Christianity. He did not told me about Jesus, but he just tried to help me. So mm-hmm. finally, you know, the I find out that, you know, what is difference between, between him and other Nepali people because when you are in abroad uh, usually you don't try to help unknown people because that means you can get trouble so but he was trying to help me he was trying to help me to coordinate with my family back to Nepal so at that time I realized that there is something difference between him and me there is something uh, difference between him and other ordinary Nepalese people then finally I find out that was the Jesus Christ. So because of their genuine love and concern, actually, uh, I came to faith 15 years ago in Manila. Wow, wow. And it wasn't through him uh, first meeting you and telling you about Jesus and about Christianity. It was just his demonstrating concern for you. Is that right? Yes, because if he talk about Christianity or Jesus— that might I reject him immediately because, you know, he did not mention that. But he shows uh, indeed that's why, you know, I was very much touched 
because of uh, his love, his family love, and then their concern for me. Yeah, I I understand that that you needed a place to stay, and even though they had a very tiny apartment, they invited you to come and live with them for a while while you got settled. Is that right? Is that right? Yes, yes. They were studying in Manila, so they have a small, uh, I think, one-bedroom apartment. So they have a small room for children and one room for them. So, and they were welcoming me to their place before I come back to Nepal. Hmm. So they invited me to their place. So I went there to stay with them. Wow. So I spent several days with them. They were encouraging me. They were very nice. So I, I, I think because of that concern and love, you know, a lot really touched my heart. Wow. And my, uh, my life was changed. Wow. And it was changed because... You know, knowing your story for uh, since that time 15 years ago, I know that you have become one of um, a really important set of people in Nepal who are training young people to demonstrate the love of God in, in their culture, their communities, and their context. How, how uh, Tell us about how you do that training and who you are training. So when I came to faith uh, in 2005 uh, in Manila, after some time, I had a privilege to meet uh, with Dr. Bob Moffitt. And then, you know, there was a vision conference in uh, Manila. So I had a privilege to attend that vision conference. That vision conference really changed my worldview. So making long story short, after I come back to my country after two, two years I spent in Manila. I studied in, uh, you know, the uh, one seminary, took some classes and went back to Nepal to serve the Lord. When I came here, actually, you know, the uh, there is a lot of persecution here in the country uh, for Christian people because most are converted from lower caste, most converted from poor family background, and they don't have influence in the community they don't have good relationship with the local people so you know i was praying what can be done to connect these people with the local community what can be done you know the how can we build you know the relationship between this leader and then local other people local church then other local community so at that time you know i knew the vision uh, what uh, I I got from vision conference. So then we started, you know, sharing this vision among pastors, leader, and now mostly we are focusing among the young people. So, you know, the uh, we 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 have a eight relation. We teach them and the training setup uh, in the churches, and then you know the whenever we meet with some young people. Especially, I you know the, I I love to work with the young people. So we have a you know the big network, a nationwide network called NCS Nepal Christian Society. Uh, all the major church denomination are working together on that society. So last year I was challenged to take the responsibility as a uh, you know the the national coordinator for youth department as a volunteer. Okay, so, so Madame, you know, when you train them, 
what do you train them to do? How how do you train them to um, make a contribution to their communities? So that platform give me wider network nationwide. So we teach them, you know, discipline of love. We teach them seed project. We teach them uh, how we can demonstrate God's love to the local people what are through some, mobilizing local resources. Okay, what, what are some examples of the things that they do as a result of the training? So, so small, you know, the small example I can give you. Recently we are going through you know, COVID-19 crisis. Yes. You know, a lot of people are suffering uh, with without food. Uh, they are having very difficult time. Uh, you know, the today is the 100 days of lockdown in our country. So these young people, these young pastors, you know, the uh, they, 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 whatever they have in their house, whatever they have in their garden, whatever they have uh, in their uh, local areas, they are sharing with the local needy people. You know, the for example, our family, we have a you know fruit garden. Our family harvested a lot of lychees and peaches this year, this time especially. So we made the you know twenty plastic bags of the fruit and you know distributed to our neighborhood. They were you know the they were surprised and they were asking how much, how much. We said. You know, God has blessed our garden this year. This is love for you. So we want to share with you. So, so this is a small illustration. It so a lot of this kind of illustration happening nationwide. Okay. For those who are just tuning in, you're listening to The Kingdom and Its Stories. And uh, this afternoon we are interviewing Madan Shah, who... Um, I've known for a number of years, and he is a trainer of pastors and young people in his country. He trains them to demonstrate the gospel, to demonstrate the good news by taking what they have and sharing that uh, in a in a productive way with people in the communities. And uh, you know, one one of the very interesting things to me about what Madan is doing. He's not following the traditional method of relief and development where where you encourage local believers to to get resources from the outside, but to ask the question, what has God given us in our hands? And the story that he just told us about, you know, sharing the fruit from his garden without cost to people in the community who who need help is an example of asking and answering the question of what has God given me in my hand? And in this case, uh, the example that Madan gave us was fruit from the garden. So, Madan, I, I know that um, that there have been examples in your case where you personally, with your family, um, have taken your own resources in uh, in times of crisis, like for example, the major earthquake that you guys had a couple of years ago, tell us that story. In 2015, there was a big earthquake, 7.8, two two earthquake here in the country. More than 10,000 people they lost their life. You know, the so many houses collapsed, so many villages collapsed, so many 
you know, animal died, you know, the right after that earthquake, you know, one of my pastor friend called me from Gorkha. He was in the epic center nearby. He lost his house. He, his church was fell down. His community was, you know, you know, everything collapsed. So they were living under the tree and he just called me and he told me that, you know, they don't have enough food. They don't have place to stay. It's raining. They are getting wet. So then, you know, the I told him, you know, this is very difficult time. I cannot leave my family. So I need to be with my family, but we'll pray for you. Then Lord put something in my heart. Then we do everyday family fellowship in the house. So in the evening time, then I share with my wife, I share with my children. And after prayer, my wife felt that, you know, I should go there and help these needy people. Mm. Then, you know, the whole my family, we agree that uh, they are going to send me to that place to help these people. Then, you know, we did not have enough resources. We had uh, some money. I still remember we had maybe around $200. And then we had a lot of clothes because we empty our drawer. Children, every clothes we have, uh, you know, that they gave, you know, the, all the clothes. I gave all the clothes. Our family member gave all the clothes. And then, you know, I just uh, took these clothes and some money and I travel from here uh, it's around uh, 500 kilometer from here uh, on that time you know i just you know the rented one car and then went there so when i reached there in the evening time then we on the way we bought some food and then in the evening time we distributed some food and people they ate and then in that night there was a several other earthquake camp raining after, so after there was shocks. no shelter to hide right yeah. So you, the, you and then you know you're you're talking yes. about aftershocks from the yeah aftershocks exactly several aftershocks came at that time you know big actually you know the five plus rectological uh, oh. aftershock they came and then children were crying older people were crying whole night we got wet we could not sleep at that night I thought I'm gonna die but by God's grace God saved us so after that. You know, then we left that place tomorrow morning to find out more resources. And then, you know, we collected clothes, some money locally, and then so many other friends from different, different uh, part of the place, you know, like Harvest Foundation and other also friends, when they see this desperate need, you know, that they contributed and then we helped so many people. But just want to say that, you know, whatever we have, if we mobilize that, you know, even that is very small. Uh, you know, if we mobilize these things faithfully, God knows our need. And then God, you know, really provide rest of other things. Wow. So that was the experience we have. Yeah. And I, I, I love the, the spirit of we don't have much, but let's empty your children, empty their, their, their clothes drawer. And gave you their clothes to take with them, uh, with, uh, for you to take with you to go to this area that had been decimated by the earthquake. And that's a beautiful example of, of, of taking what is in your hand and using it to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Wow. That's so impressive. You told me the other day, uh, Madan, that 
your children have learned from watching you and that they themselves are are now um, being the hands and feet of Jesus in their neighborhood. Tell us about that. So as a Christian leader, you know, the you know, I need to apply what I teach. My seven years old daughter always remind me that practice what you preach. <laughs> she always Your you know, seven year old daughter tells always you. remind me that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so many times she has reminded me if I do something wrong and says Dad, practice what you are what you preach. <laughs> so you know the and she's seven years family, old. We, yes. She remind me all the time. Okay. So we are not perfect, you know, the as a family we do a lot of mistakes. But what I believe you know, whatever I know, whatever I teach, I should practice by myself. I yeah. should practice in my family and I should practice in our church. So that way we can create, you know, model for other people, model for, you know, the other younger generation, especially nowadays. You know, I work with a lot of young people, young people. They are not looking for a nice, big, fancy sermon or kind of message, kind of training. They are not looking for that. They are looking for good model. That's mm. what I have learned these days. Wow. So people, you know, they are not looking for a nice message. You can download from internet. You can download from YouTube. There are several thousand, thousand nice messages there is. <laughs> they are not interested on that. But people are interested to see your life. People are interested wow. to see the model. Wow. That's what we are, you know, not perfect family. But, you know, we try to practice what we preach. So this COVID-19 crisis, you know, then you know we have a very good relationship with the local government also. Even we have sometimes problem with the local government. But, you know, this time local government called us and they asked, can you help us, you know, the, to provide some food for some needy people? And then, as I told you, we do the family fellowship every day. Then I share with my family and then we decided to, you know, help for these needy people from our own resources. So I challenge my children, you know, they have, you know, the... Tell it, uh, but before you go on... You Picky Bank. Yeah, b- yes. b- before you go on, uh, Madan, tell, tell us how old your children are. My older son is uh, uh, 11 years old. Another is uh, 9 years old. My daughter is 7 years old. Okay. 11, yeah. 9, 7. Okay. So they are... We are doing homeschool, actually. You know, my older son is studying in sixth grade, four, three. So when I share with them, you know, and then they went inside their room and then, you know, they brought some money from their savings. So my older son contributed around $50. My younger son and my daughter also contributed around $10, $10. So with that money we also contributed from our school actually you know we have a small school in town so we sacrificially contributed from some money from our school we went to government office and after we hand over the you know the this contribution government has issued thanksgiving letter to my children for their contribution so this is one example so after that you know this is not a this is not a christian government right yeah, this is the not Christian government, communist government. <laughs> and, we have a communist government. Right. And then, you know, the, yes. 
uh, you know, the Hindu country, you can say over 81% Hindu people live. But, yeah. you know, the we we have a good relationship with them. You know, people wants to see that, you know. So after that came on the newspaper, and then the children has given money for this, this, this. And there are local newspaper putting this news on the, you know, the their head headlines and all these things. So mm. then definitely, you know, the giving to the local government was increased. So these are the few examples we are trying to, you know, the uh, apply in our life. So these are the things. Well, I know that one of the group that that you've been working with has been a group of former indentured servants, former slaves, who have been freed by the government. And how? what are some of the examples of the way that, that the Christian community has been helping these really oppressed people? Uh, these are the ex-bonded slaves. They were slaves for many, many decades. In 2000, government released them from the slavery. Before that, in 1998, you know, the there was one business person from uh, United States of America. He came and he worked with our senior pastor, and they also freed several families from you know the the slavery. You know, after that, you know, the, their life is very difficult. Who are redeemed? Uh, who are uh, freed by government? They don't have you know the land. They don't have education. They don't have any special kind of skill. And government did not have a good plan for them. So still their life is very difficult. But as a local church, as a local Christian community, you know, that we have uh, done so many things for this community. Like, for example, we have a, a, a love your neighbor scheme. Like, uh, what, what do you mean by that? We give a quote to one family. So uh, from our church, so they raise that goat when they have a first baby and they have to return that goat to church so rest other they can keep. So that return goat we give to another family. So, so, so when you give the them another a family have a baby, yeah. they return to church and then another family will get. Okay, so you give a goat to a family, and then when that goat has babies, they give that goat to another family. Another family. And so that way we can help them financially so they can, you know, send their children to school. We have a school for their community. We do a lot of other stuff with, with that community too. Wow. I, I know that I, I saw a picture several years ago of a bridge that had been washed out uh, in your community. Yes. And the government wasn't going to repair it. So you organized the young people of 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 your church to be able to rebuild that bridge. How did they do that? I mean, they didn't have any skills at bridge building. So we just, you know, the gather local resources. And, you know, we had a bridge who was damaged by flood. So we decided, our youth group decided to repair that. And then I asked them, how are we going to repair? Because we don't have money. Then one guy said, I'll give you bamboo. Another guy said, I will give you nail. Another guy said, oh, I know how to, you know, the the cut this wood and all these things. So co- collecting resources like that. And then, you know, the, we, we go together 
and we help each other and then we repair the bridge wow so people can walk without getting wet that's that's amazing that you did that with local resources and with volunteer help from the young people that you'd been training madan as we close this yes, session i would like to just have you shortly share with people in this country what would your be your advice to christians in this country of how they can how they can be the hands and feet of jesus what would you say to them god has blessed you so much so be a blessing for someone that's why god has blessed you so demonstrate god's love whenever you have chance so uh, jesus has set us big example good example by sacrificing his self on the cross for our sin so we need to sacrifice our things to Amen. love someone Amen. so i just want to encourage you thank you brother thank you madan and may god bless you and may he use your example to encourage Jesus defines us. discipleship as come and follow me. Next Monday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360, we'll hear another testimonial from a leader demonstrating how they and the people of the church are sacrificially loving the needy and beginning to see real change in their community. Today's testimony of God's love not only inspires us, but now we ask God how he wants us to demonstrate his love in a similar way with others in the church towards our neighbors. Also consider sharing the kingdom and its story with others through the media tab at harvestfoundation.org.